92.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. The phone numbers, you'll need them. Use them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. That's call or text. If you text, you know this already. You get a smiley face emoji back instantly. Uh, follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. It's at Jeff Ward Show. You can also post your comments. You should. If you can't, look, if you can't find material in the next 45 minutes or so, then you've let me down. So you can post your comments at Jeff Ward Show. I just ask that you not suck. Get straight to the point. Make the show better if you can. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, which, of course, has been delayed because we've got just a system issue since we were hacked for crypto and nude photos of Ed Clements. But check it out. Subscribe to it now. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. I would also say and suggest you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. There's a bunch of it stacked up, so one day soon it's all going to come out at one time. You know what? Forget, I want you to forget football, politics, and Taylor Swift stories for a little bit. Because this is coming up on us pretty quickly, and I'm not sure we, uh, we're paying that much attention. Here is the headline... And I couldn't, I can't, couldn't get away from it at three o'clock in the morning, and I can't get away from it in the afternoon. Here is the headline on USAToday.com today: American breakdancing champ books ticket to Paris Olympics. I didn't make that up. So America meets your greatest Olympian who might just join Jesse Owens, Babe Diedrichson Saharias, Bob Beeman, Dave Waddle. Yeah, I went Dave Waddle on you. Mark Spitz. Let's keep going here. Michael Phelps, Florence Joyner, the sprinter. Dave, uh, did I mention Dave Waddle with a hat? Yeah. Carl Lewis. You got it? You get the idea, right? The greatest Olympians of all time. So I want you to meet... <laughs> I want, I want you to meet the gold medal favorite, B-Boy Victor. Of us who grew up breaking didn't look at breaking as to be referenced as a sport because it was cultural. So it's kind of like salsa or merengue. These are things that are, are things that we do uh, within our community because it's part of what life is for people who are doing folk art, folk dance, things like that that are art to pass the time. And again, not by design, but almost, I would say by default because of the conditions that we lived in in the Bronx were situations that allowed us to enjoy each other based on who we were and the culture that we were already coming from. Anything else that came out of that situation was a result of not having a lane for opportunity and ever even thinking that there could ever be one to ask for. So, you know, you want to make sure that the soul of it isn't, isn't diluted. We also have to be careful with how we criticize or how, how much of a standard we hold the Olympics to because at the end of the day, it's their platform. Uh, we have to kind of come in and work within the rules of the Olympics and try to navigate 
in a way that is respectful for that to that, but at the same time, try to have influence when it comes to maintaining uh, the idea of no, what talking. we are as a just com- stop talking, B boy Victor. You need Jeff. What is that guy talking about? I don't know. I don't know, but I know this. His name is B-Boy Victor. He's 40-something years old, and he's got a Red Bull hat turned sideways because he's competing in (laughs) breakdancing. Yeah, I said it. Are you kidding me? I can't make this stuff up. Why would I? uh, Who could make this up? All right, well, meet uh, meet your gold medal favorite, B-Boy Victor. Um, his name is Victor Montalov, something like that. Known professionally, though, as B-Boy Victor. Um, he is on his way to the 2024 Paris Olympics by winning. You know, B-Boy Victor got there. He won the tw- <laughs> he won the 2023 World Breakdancing Championships. Well, yeah, he did. Why were the World Breakdancing Championships held in Belgium? I would think that would not be a Belgium thing, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, so he's on his way now. Um, by the way, he beat, he defeated Philip Kim, known as B-Boy Phil Wizard. <laughs> Is everybody in the Olympics got to be named B-Boy? Is that like part of the deal? Did I miss something, you know, like 1985 about breakdancing that's all of a sudden come back that everyone is called B-Boy? Oh, no. All right, so he is going to be representing Team USA. It's our breakdancing team, right? And no, I'm not kidding at all. I'm not kidding. This is pathetic. It really is pathetic. So (laughs) he, um, well, you heard from him there. He rambled on aimlessly about breakdancing and why breakdancing would be in the Olympics. Um, He's a 40-something-year-old guy, I think. He looks older than that, but of course you would be. Anybody not in their 40s know anything about breakdancing? Say that to somebody who's 20. What are they going to tell you? Have you ever heard of B-Boy Victor? What? Imagine if, you know, this is all I could think about. Um, Imagine if you are a real athlete, okay? And you swim, you throw the shot, you run the 800 meters, high jump, long jump. You know, you do actual sporting events. And you've been training your whole life for the Olympics. And you are on your way. You're probably, your event's probably going to happen at like 8.15 in the morning while B-Boy Victor and the other break dancers are going to be in prime time. You know they will. You know it. But imagine if you're that real athlete that's trained your whole life and you are giving up, even to walk the opening ceremonies. Can you imagine walking out there with B-Boy Victor? And here you are, some 800-meter runner who's been training their whole life. This is it? This is what you've trained for? This is sport? I'm next to B-Boy Victor in a Red Bull hat. And he's in his 40s. But imagine giving up the spotlight and endorsement deals to a 42-year-old breakdancer. Breakdancing. Or breaking. I don't even know what, what do we, does it make it better if it's called breaking now? Here's a thought. What if we don't win in breakdancing? <laughs> like, what if we lose to the Belgians or somebody else? Do they, question, do they bring their own jam boxes? Does B-Boy Victor have his own jam box? 
unbelievable. I've, I've joked about it before. Um, truthfully, if you broadcast the Olympics, you would do the same thing. Okay, because Americans, we don't want to watch real sport. We don't want to watch people run. We don't want to watch them jump. We don't want to watch them swim. We want to watch them dance, ribbon dance, break dance, synchronized swim dance, synchronized dive dance. It is the, you know what it is? You hope the Olympics have become to Americans in prime time. It is like the Dancing with the Stars games. That's all it is. Put some glitter on them or get his hat turned sideways and Americans will watch. Congratulations to us. Congratulations. We have, we have found something we're going to win, I assume. Who else would beat us, by the way? Like, anybody have any ideas? Do you know the favorite? If you know the favorite of this, you're a loser. I'm going to go with B-Boy Victor all the way to beat B-Boy Kim Wizard or whatever. We can't win at traditional sports or any sport, apparently, so we make up stuff we can win. That's what I, That's my takeaway. Let's disagree on that. We just keep introducing stuff with glitter, and I guess jam, jam boxes now, just because we want to make sure we get the 40-something moms watching. Um, we make up stuff we can win. It wasn't that long ago that I joked and said we're not that far from cornhole being in the Olympic Games. Well, guess what? We're not that far from cornhole being in the Olympic Games. I mean, if we don't win gold, silver, and bronze in breakdancing, you can better bet cornhole will be in the next games. Got to. What is more American than cornhole? Surely we can win that too. We cannot win breakdancing. If B-Boy Victor, I don't know, he has a bad dance to to what? What would it be? Like Hammer? MC Hammer? Is that what you put your... Is that what he's going to dance to in his sideways hat at the age of 43? If we can't win breakdancing, we bring Cornhole to the next games. Because this we do know. I I assume we're going to do okay in breakdancing or breaking or whatever B-Boy Victor calls it. Um... I assume we do okay in breakdancing, but if we don't do okay in breakdancing, we don't go one, two, and three, we then introduce cornhole because there is no way, can we agree on this, there is no way anybody on this planet can own that event like fat, drunk Americans. That's got to be ours. We think breakdancing might be ours. We think B-Boy Victor with his hat sideways at the age of 42. We think we might have found it, but if we can't, cornhole is it. That's it. We'll sweep cornhole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can insert your jokes. And if you take, I mean, I'm not kidding, it's going to be in the games. Okay, it's usatoday.com. Take a look at it. It's the very first story. <sighs> what else besides cornhole and breakdancing can we come up with just to make sure that we can win? Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. All right, way to go, Smoker Voice. Now, this, everybody, uh, if you want to respond, you should. If you want to respond to break, break, break dancing and B-Boy Victor, you have at it. That's fine. Um, this is going to sound football nerdy. And, and it is, but follow me on this because we're, go- we're going to go down a very messed up path together, okay? Offensive and defensive play calls in football follow a pretty simple and similar path. 
Okay? It all sounds far more complicated than it really is. So let me just sort of give you the landscape of offensive and defensive play calls. All right? Both offensively, they start with the formation. And then they get to the specifics of the offensive line call, protection calls is what they are, and the run or the pass direction. On defense, it's, just, again, sort of the similar thing. You get the formation, the play type, the line protection, the scheme, blah, blah, blah. Okay? I mean, those are the, th- those are the paths that play calls follow, right? For instance, I'll just make this up from something I remember. I'll do this. Say... West, if you this was just terminology, everybody uses uses different terminology. You want to use simple, clear, fast, easy to pronounce terminology, and it all is going to sound really complicated. So you say West, right, stripe, uh, zebra, look, for instance, or or a number to it. A number I always hear a number is usually what's called a route tree. So a route tree, if you were to have your receiver, see each player has their own statement in there, right? So West would probably be the formation. You can say twi- trips rest, west, that'd be three receivers on one side, blah, 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 okay? So it just, it all follows really simple play calls. Same thing happens with defense. You would do the defensive alignment, such as, I'll say this, I've only heard it 7,000 times, uh, 26. It's a defensive formation of the front seven. Um, 26 Tim would be a linebacker movement, blah, blah, blah. One banjo would be a secondary call. I know. Don't let your eyes glaze over. I'm just setting this up. So play calls from the sideline and on the field, adjustments, they, they just are very simple steps. And you just need to know to remember your section, okay? Um, you know, clear terms you want to use. You'll hear stuff like banjo, uh, zip, zebra, trips, look. You, know, you get all that stuff because it's simple. Simple wording. And there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. It's very simple wording. Defensive players, you know, you hear them yell strong. You hear them, you know, strong right, strong left, eagle, uh, whatever. All of it, everyone's yelling stuff, but it's always simple, easy to remember stuff. Where are we going with this is what you're saying to me right now. Well... <clears throat> We are going, (laughs) unbelievable, we are going to the heart of what is an absolute idiot of a coach and an idiot team. How they're all not suspended is beyond me. How any player, and I, I don't want to hear this stuff that, well, they do what the coach says. No, you don't. You have a conscience, right? At some level, you might say no at some point. If you're coaching, all of you, think of this right now. Put you in this spot. If you're coaching and you're scheming up stuff, what terminology would you use for a high school team? I set it up for you in in a nerdy way. I don't want to go too far. But in a nerdy way, if you were coaching a high school team and you said, well, i got to come up with my playbook, i got to come up with my system, and then whatever system you've come up with, a 4-3, 5-2, blah, 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 um, you want to come up with words for that. Uh, you'd say, I don't know, like I said, you could eagle or, um, or uh, gosh, we had a series in high school called Red 90. It wasn't very complicated. It was all set up. We knew Red 90. We knew the Red 90 setup. Stuff like that, right? Okay? 
Defensive players, you get another scheme, eagle, banjo, bullets even, I've heard that. Got it? Would any of you think it's a good idea to have offensive formations or defensive formations called Nazi? You really think you'd go there? You really think you need to go there, huh? Yeah, well, I would like all of you to meet the coach of the year. I just told you about play calls, right? Well, they use Nazi. Yeah, Nazi. Wow, his name is Tim McFarland. Tim is a high school football coach. Um, and I don't know why the team is getting a pass, to be honest with you. I'm not talking about the team as in just Tim, who coaches his team to use the term Nazi. Got it? Uh, if that's not a problem enough, then their opponent seemed to have a problem with it, and you can understand why. So he's an Ohio football coach. Uh, I suspect if you read any news site today, you're going to hear more about him. Tim McFarland coached Brooklyn High School, a program in a Cleveland suburb. His team was playing Beechwood High School in a nearby Cleveland suburb. It's reported, and yes, it matters, but it's reported the Jewish Federation of Cleveland cites the Associated Press as Beechwood's population is 90% Jewish. Beechwood Superintendent of Schools Robert Hardis tells the New York Times in a statement that McFarlane and his players repeatedly used the term Nazi as a defensive play call on the field. Now, what did I just say, right? Well, you guys, well, Jeff, that's, that's quick, it's simple. Yeah. You could use any number of things. I said eagle, um, tiger, or whatever. I mean, all of it. You can make up. They use Nazi. That's their play call. That's their defensive call. Nazi. Needless to say, there was a slight problem with that. Um, I've got a problem with the players. Okay, I, we, we can forget Tim, the coach of the year. He's a piece of trash. We got it. Tim is, he resigned. Why they let him resign is beyond me. You say, Tim, Tim. No, no, no. First of all, you fire him the first time a player screams Nazi. You're fired. Uh, you, kid, you said that? Get out. You're out. The fact that this game lasted four quarters of them using the term Nazi is pretty disturbing by itself. But any player that repeated the call, any player that went along with it, any player that didn't, didn't say no, you're done too. I, 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 I don't, I, no, Tim does not deserve to get a pass. Tim deserved to get fired. Why they let him resign, I don't get. But I don't think it's right that the players seem to get a pass here. And I'll tell you another one. I don't think it's right the officials didn't stop this. I, I don't get that either. I mean, I'm sort of lost. The other team, just so you know, the other team's coach called the officials over and said, you heard it too, right? Yeah. We got a problem with that. Yeah, at that moment, the officials should say, you know what? We got to talk. Coach, come here. You go over there and meet the coach. The coach... If your team uses Nazi again, the game's over. Got it? Okay. 
Let's go back and play. I don't, I don't know what. how better could this have been handled so this game did not last four quarters. The only upside to this story is normally you would say this would happen in Texas. At least it didn't happen here. Okay, so um, the New York Times reports the word Nazi is used as play calls during the game. Beachwood leaders... Um, including the coach and athletic director, informed game officials of what was happening and threatened to pull their team from the game. You know what is amazing? This took until halftime for them to have a discussion about the play call Nazi. What, are they gonna, what, what else are they going to try? Uh, McFarland admitted using the word Nazi to call plays, and he vowed to stop using the word in the second half. <laughs> Wait. Again, how did it last past the first series? Don't you think an official, if you're out there, don't you think if you're an official, you go, man, you go call the other officials over. Hey, hey, are they saying Nazi <laughs> to the other team? Is their defensive call Nazi? Did you hear that? You did. Okay. Uh, coach, can, we, can you come here right now? Yeah. Is your team saying Nazi? Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah. Um... Well, this game might be over, bud. It might be over. Nope. They had a discussion at halftime. At halftime, the head coach said, okay, we won't use Nazi as the play call in the second half. So (laughs) what did they do instead? They used racial slurs. (laughs) Like, (laughs) uh, yeah, can't make it up. All right, so here's the statement from the superintendent of the other school. Don't lose sight of the fact that it's reported that the the entire community is 90% Jewish. I'm pretty certain the team playing them had some idea, don't you think? Either way, it's it's pretty, pretty atrocious. We informed the officials that if this should continue, we would pull our players from the field. To our knowledge, Nazi wasn't used during the second half, but our players did report that several Brooklyn players use racial slurs freely throughout the game. Wow. Um, Brooklyn City School Superintendent Ted Kolaris announced a statement that McFarland had resigned, that's the coach, and offered an apology. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for the four quarters of Nazi. Sorry about that. Or two and a half quarters of Nazi. And then the other slurs, too. So he replaced... They they replaced the play called Nazi with racial slurs. Like that was going to fix it. Uh, All right, here's the statement. Um, Our football coaching staff... This is the statement from the superintendent of the coaches' school. Okay. Our football coaching staff expressed their regret to the Beachwood football family and took corrective measures in the second half in finishing the contest. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. Coach is a bad human being. We got that. Coach was allowed to resign. Not so cool. Coach shouldn't have been out for the second half. Agreed? Agreed? Um, You know, the minute you got word, if you're his boss or an assistant coach or a player, and they're saying... Yeah, but you're not going out for the second half. In fact, what you need to do, you have a ride back to the school, you need to do that because you need to get out of here because you're fired. Okay, so you're gone. Uh, Players need to talk to you. Um, Anyone that made the Nazi call, you're done. Get your pants on and get out of here. Okay, anybody else? 
We're out of players and out of coaches. We forfeit. That's what you do at halftime. I'm not even sure you don't do that in the first quarter. This thing lasted four quarters with the school on the receiving end of Nazi. It's telling them at halftime, could you please stop that? Oh, can't imagine what the offensive calls were. Jeez. You know, they have those signs, like when teams don't huddle. Now it's kind of silly, too. Um, but they have those signs. I can't imagine what their signs are for the offensive play calls. What's on the quarterback's wrist? Adolf Hitler? Good gosh, people. The Cleveland chapter of the Anti-Defamation League also issued a statement. You think? There is no rooms in, no room in sports for Holocaust references and racial slurs. Student-athletes should be put in a position to best reflect their school's commitment to inclusive, fair play. Can we agree? The players shouldn't be back. I mean, what kind of lesson is this? The only person losing out is the knuckle-headed, anti-Semite head coach. Um, you, yeah. If you were in charge of that school, you not think it's a good idea to go ahead and say, I think it's time for us to go ahead and shut this down, at least the defensive lineup? Are the, uh, are the offensive players uh, less racial or not? Are they less anti-Semites or not? What kind, of, what kind of makeup of this team do we have? It's not a made-up story. It's, uh, it's everywhere now. And the fact that they even let the guy resign, and I, I'm assuming there's some sort of union rules or pension rules that go with that, the fact that the dude is not publicly fired and proudly publicly fired is pretty despicable, too. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. All right, way to go, Smoker Voice. Um, I'll say this again. I'm, my Twitter account, X account, whatever it's called this week, is blown up with people saying, hey, where's the latest podcast? Yeah, it's been a few days. By no fault of our own, the issue has been, although I think we're getting closer and closer to getting it fixed, is the inability to shoot, record, we can shoot and record, but uploading to our system that was hacked a few days ago for the crypto and the Clements nude photos, of course, um, is still not doable almost. So I promise to post something as soon as we're able to get the podcast back out. God knows there's plenty in there now. I'm telling you, the first episode will be 600 episodes. Uh, everyone laughed at me. You know what? Laughed at me, mocked me. But days after Aaron Rodgers went down... In four plays, I offered up a theory. I mingled in some politics, and people made fun of me. I really wasn't joking. I'm not saying I agree with it. I just thought, I think this is setting up a certain way. And I don't know if you're still laughing at me. Who wrote this letter to the New York Jets? Who wrote this letter to the New York Jets general manager? And yes, he agreed to share it publicly. You know, the New York Jets, uh, if you didn't know, I think we're all sick of the Jets now. We were going to be sick of the Jets because of Aaron Rodgers. Now we're sick of the Jets because it's not Aaron Rodgers. And so they've signed another quarterback. I, I don't know what that's going to mean. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, ama- I'm amazed that... No, I'm not amazed. The fixation with quarterbacks, it, it just it gets bothersome to me. 
what should be said about the Jets, it's not that Zach Wilson, their starting quarterback, and maybe continuing to be their starting quarterback, is trash. He is. The bigger story is why he's playing is because the trash organization made a stupid move to sign Aaron Rodgers and then bet the house on him. That's what should be talked about some. How did you guys talk yourself into this? And I know how. The owner. The owner did. I said it all summer. The guy is a buffoon. He is a celebrity-obsessed buffoon, MAGA hat-wearing buffoon, and I think that's important. Here's a letter to the general manager of the New York Jets. Joe, his name is Joe Douglas. Joe can't be feeling too great about things right now. Joe, I hope this letter finds you in great spirits despite the less-than-ideal start to a big season. I'm wishing you, your staff, and the players a great game this weekend as you look to bounce back. I'm writing, of course, in response to the unfortunate loss of Aaron Rodgers. I know the aspirations this season were and still are to win a championship. And to that Hall of Fame-sized hole will need to be filled as best as possible to keep the team on a Super Bowl track. Okay, I'm reading straight from the letter that this person publicly released. As of right now, Zach Wilson is charged with that task, and I wish him and the rest of the team the best moving forward. However, I know that there are currently depth issues at that position. And I've heard the backup spot is likely to be filled by a veteran quarterback. As much as I would love the opportunity to fill that spot, this person writes, I'm writing you in hopes that you can imagine a much different approach involving me. I would be honored and extremely grateful for the opportunity to come in and lead the practice squad. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Okay. Um... I would do this with a sole mission of getting your defense ready each week. If I were able to fill that role for the team, I believe that allows for multiple things. Number one, it gives your defense the advantage of getting a truer read on the more mobile, athletic, versatile quarterbacks it will face in weeks four, five, and six. Mahomes, Wilson, and Hurts. Hmm, sort of. Um, two, this would also give you guys an organization, as an organization a real look at where I'm at football-wise in a game-like situation against elite defenses. In a perfect world for the Jets, Zach Wilson finds his stride and shows that he is able to lead this championship-caliber team that you've put together to the Super Bowl. I believe a confident Zach Wilson has the tools to do this. However, in the event that this is not the case... I would love to offer you a risk-free contingency plan. Signed, Colin Kaepernick. Laugh at me again, everyone. Jeff, no way. One way. Trump. Laugh all you want. He invited himself to lead whatever this means. I don't know. The practice squad, you know, is seven people. Not quite sure how you can lead that team, but whatever. That's Colin Kaepernick. Um, Is it weird that he made it public? Yeah, it is. But that's him. Uh, That's who he is. That's where he is. Uh, The guy that not that long ago produced a show comparing visually and script-wise, comparing NFL owners to slave owners. He wants a job leading the practice squad. 
I, I, why not, you're going to say? Well, I'm going to give you a few scenarios here. Number one, why? Um, why? I don't need him for the practice squad. I don't need anybody getting attention on the practice squad. It's been a long time since he played. If he were any good and anybody really wanted him, he'd be playing today. He wouldn't be writing letters about the practice squad. So if you take away everything else about Colin Kaepernick and just say his name is not Colin Kaepernick, why is he not playing? He's not playing because he's probably not good enough. Well, Zach Wilson sucks. That is true. That's true. You're right. Could he be worse? I don't know, maybe. And then with it comes the, all the stuff. For a few years, I said, when people would argue about Colin Kaepernick, um, I, I would say, you know, look, I don't, his position, his, his uh, protest, as worthwhile as you may or may not think it is, I don't need a third string quarterback for anything other than keeping their head down, a hat on, and tracking plays. I don't need any attention. None. Zero. None. The third string quarterback, like the backup oftentimes, you don't need to be heard at all. I don't need it. So it's just, it's not practical, especially the fact that this guy went public with the letter. Okay? It, it doesn't, it doesn't help the Jets. It's weird. It's not necessary. Um... Uh, I mean, you're not going to prove that you're a starter on the practice squad, first of all. Okay, the guy just wants in. You could say, oh, how can you fault him for that? Well, I can fault him a lot, actually. Yeah, he was going to testify against the NFL in a collusion case, and he took the money and left. Then he turned around and made a documentary about how it's slave owners, and now he's begging to play in the practice squad for the slave owners. I got a problem with that. I think you should, too. That aside, did I not say a few weeks ago, the owner of the Jets is an idiot, okay? He is. I don't believe that normal football people got the Jets into this spot all by themselves. I believe his handprints were all over the stupid Aaron Rodgers deal. You know what else he is? He's a MAGA hat. And the season is close to being over for the Jets. Okay, Colin Kaepernick can't save it. Trevor Simeon can't save it. Zach Wilson sure the heck can't save it. They blew their chance. They blew their chance. Um, would it look different if Aaron Rodgers were playing? Yeah, but he'd still be running for his life and probably get hurt. It was a recipe for disaster from the beginning. That said, so the owner of the Jets... Um, this whole thing should come back to him. The blowback is coming back to him. The whole locker room is probably thinking, man, you're the one that took us down this path, right? So the guy is, uh, he's a leper in the football world. What does he do? You know how to get Donald Trump elected? Although he may get elected anyway. Or if I was about to say if he's not in prison, but even if he's in prison, the same people will vote for him anyway. It won't matter. But if you want to make sure of it, you sign Colin Kaepernick. I don't care if you sign Colin Kaepernick to the practice squad, to drive the bus, to give massages, to fill up the ice baths. I don't care what you hire him for. You hire him, the right-wing world goes nuts, Trump wins. With a jumpsuit or without a jumpsuit. He might win anyway, but that's been my theory. You laughed at me a few weeks ago when I said it. 
now that they have nothing to lose, now that you know that Woody Johnson is uh, is arm in arm with Trump, he's got nothing else to play for, he's got nothing else to do, he's embarrassed already, so why not, why not take care of his friend? Go ahead and sign Kaepernick to the practice squad. Go ahead. Go ahead. What will be accomplished, the football team will not be any better. Um, I, I don't know, it may make Colin Kaepernick happy, I don't know. It's not going to make one bit of difference football-wise. Um, you know, he, would it give him a publicity that he wants to protest more? Maybe. Football-wise, it makes no difference whatsoever. They're on a collision course because they signed Aaron Rodgers to a crazy deal. So what could be accomplished? Woody Johnson could take care of his buddy. In the most convoluted, backwards way, he signs Colin Kaepernick. He doesn't have to say a word about it. Trump goes nuts. Talk radio goes psycho. Trump wins. There. Almost, if you want to say at the same time, Colin Kaepernick gets what he wants. Both of them get what they want. Woody Johnson gets to blow off football and do do something for his friend. Colin Kaepernick gets back in. He gets to make some noise. He gets to practice. He gets to wear some cleats. He gets a chance to play football again. Both of them win. The football team loses. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Way to go, Smoker Voice. Uh, some tweets or X's, whatever we call it this week. Here you go, at Jeff Ward Show. I checked out B-Boy's highlights on YouTube. Get it right, fans. His name is B-Boy Victor, or Victor B... No, B-Boy Victor. Come on, and check him out. He's about 42, and that hat is... Oh. Okay, so you've checked out his highlights. Says, I checked out B-Boy highlights on YouTube. Pretty impressive, but I don't care to watch it. Just like synchronized swimming or ribbon twirling. Impressive how much effort and time they dedicate. I just don't care to watch. But wait, what if Dion was coaching? You know, see, I get this a lot. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and start the fight again. I get this usually over figure skating. Dancing, great dancers are talented people, work hard, super fit, um, all those descriptions, not minimizing the skill that goes into dancing. It's not sport. See, it's not sport. Maybe athletic and artistic and tough, it's not sport. Sport is measurable. How great you look in glitter and, uh, I don't know, how you do a sit-spin is not sport. Even worse than ribbon, I think even worse than ribbon dancing, which I find I'd rather gouge my eyes out. Um, worse than figure skating is now break dancing. <laughs> That's rock bottom. What if we do, what if B-Boy Victor doesn't win? What if he does, he can't even win it. We can't even win at break dancing. We even have our own jam boxes and we can't win at break dancing. How embarrassing would that be? We lose to, I don't know, where, where else do people break dance? I haven't even heard the term break dance since about 86. Uh, at Jeff Ford show, um, will the Jets please put Kaepernick on the practice squad, then cut him when he proves he's even su- even sucks at that? Of course, he will then sue the Jets. The upside to all of this, we won't have to talk about Shroom Boy anymore. I, I don't think they'll sign him, although I, I, if they do, I know why. It's exactly what I've said. 
It's the owner of the team doing a fa- in a weird, twisted favor. If, if, I was, if I was a net-bearded son of Donald Trump's, like those knuckleheads, I'd be trying to convince the justice on Kaepernick in a weird way, just so my dad could rail on it and get, uh, get talk radio worked up, or more so than usual. But they won't. Um, it's the practice squad, man. It's, I mean, he's, if you want to give Colin Kaepernick credit and say he's doing all that he can to get back in, I mean, he is. I'll say that. Just no one ever wants to point out it was only a few months ago the man created a documentary with images, actors, playing as if they were being auctioned off as slaves, and he did the whole documentary to compare slavery to NFL owners, and now he wants back in just to be on the practice squad. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.